let me see. Okay, I have 40 minutes. Okay, that's good. That was enough. Now, over a period of time, I've been uh, looking at the subject of life. I've been, I've been studying and thinking and meditating and uh, ruminating over the subject called life itself. And uh, as time goes on, I uh, began to look at life from the prism of the eyes of Jesus. What is life? And it's such a broad topic that uh, it's not very easy to exhaust in just 40 minutes. Therefore, of all the observations I have made, I will just uh, 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 acquaint us with three of them. I'll just talk about three observations that I made you know, out of that and you know, we, we, we will go uh, from there. Um, in case, uh, if I'm not as good as Obama, and you can't understand or you did not understand what I said, I want you to take one thing out of this place. If you can take that thing out of this place, what I want to say now, if you take it out of this place, that as you walk out this door and drive off the campus here, I want you to know that God has uniquely gifted you. God has uniquely gifted you. And what he has gifted you, the most, the most precious gift that he has given you, is what we call eternal life. God has uniquely gifted you. In other words, it doesn't matter what your state is or your estate is. You are a carrier of something unique. You are the habitation of something unique. There is something unique that is resident on your inside. And Paul puts it very well in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We have this treasure in Ethan vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And I dare to declare to you today that that treasure that you have in earthen vessel is what is called eternal life. And look at what he said about what Paul said in 2 Corinthians. He said, he said you have this treasure. It's a treasure. Apart from it being treasure, apart from it being a treasure, he said something that's unique again. He said, This treasure comes with an excellent power. With it. So when eternal life through Jesus Christ stepped into you, there was power also that came with it. And that's why I don't want you to leave this place thinking you are just a mere man. You are carrying something unique. You're carrying something unique. You're carrying something unique. 
Now, I'll just look at, you know, I'll base, you know, we'll look at scriptures, we'll base uh, some of these things on uh, uh, scriptures, and then I'll do a, a visual demonstration, and then we'll go to express what I'm trying to say. All right. The first thing I want to look at in uh, the study of life, the first of the three things I want to talk about is in John 10.10. 10. Can, you, can you get me to John 10.10, 10, please? The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Look at what he said. But I have come. The main purpose why I come. The reason why I came. No any other reason. The main reason why I came is that you may do what? Have life. That's why he came. That you might have life. Because every other thing in life, every other thing in your existence is encapsulated in this life. So when you know what you have, when you know why he came, you will understand that every other thing is at your back and at your core. Every other thing becomes insignificant when we're talking about the life. He said, I have come that you may have life and that you might have this life abundantly. In other words, the first observation I made is that without Jesus, you don't have life. No Jesus, no life. Somebody might say, but every other person have life. I saw life. I, you know, people are just saying, see, I'm not saying you are not existing. I'm just saying you are not living. There's a world of difference between existence and living. A world of difference. Existence just means you are there. You are present. You are occupying space and you are occupying time. That's what existence is. And if you note, like I have taken notes, you will understand that it's not only human beings that exist. Trees exist. Rocks exist. Ideas exist. Philosophies exist. In other words, if you are not born again, you don't have eternal life. And God gives you a binoculars to peep into the realm of the spirits. All that you will see is just a thing. All you see is just a thing. Because everything exists and you're just existing. But when you are living, when you are living, if you are alive and you are living because of the life that Jesus has given to you, then your life is more than an existence. No wonder Paul said, he said, in him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. That word having your being there means you are existing. In other words, when eternal life comes into you, when you have eternal life, 
you can exist in him. You have life in him. And move means you can function in him. You can function in him. In him we live. In him we move. And in him we have our existence. In other words, with eternal life, you are not just only existing. When eternal life came into you, the life of God, when it came into you, you were not just only existing. It brought more than existence to you. You can now live and exalt and glorify the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And somebody's telling me, he said, ah, but you know, you mean all those things, all the good things that people are doing? You mean they are, you know, how can you just condemn that? No, I'm not condemning them. What I am saying is that no life has value until Jesus Christ comes into the scene. No life has value until Jesus Christ comes into the scene. And that is why my brothers and my sisters, this morning you can rejoice and say my life has value. I have value. I have worth. Not because of me. He said that the excellency of this power will not be of me. But it's what? It is of God. I have value. You have value. Don't let anybody devalue you. You are too pricey for anybody to prize you cheap. Praise God. So what am I saying? I'm not saying that if you don't have Christ, you can't do some things. You cannot. That's what I'm saying. But I'm just quoting Paul here. Can you give me uh, look at what Paul said. Philippians 3. Let's look at Philippians 3 from verse 4. Look at what Paul said from Philippians 3. He said, Though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more, go ahead, five, circumcised on the eighth day. I want you to know that all these qualifications that Paul is counting here, they are not ordinary qualifications. They are qualifications that are, I mean, that, that, that are desired. When you have this qualification in the Jewish society in those days, you are one of the top, top, top rated people. So look at what he said. He said, I was circumcised of the eighth day, of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin's were strong men. A Hebrew of Hebrews. As touching the law, I was a Pharisee. I don't have time to break these things down to you, what it really means. All right, go ahead. Concerning zeal, I was persecuting the church. That was the in thing at the time. Touching righteousness, which is of the law, I was blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss. Why? Why did he count it as loss? Look at it. Look at what he said. Verse 8. Yet darkness, I count all things but loss for the excellency 
of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but what? Dunk. That I may win Christ. In other words, it does not matter what your life is looking at. It does not matter what it is. It does not matter how good it is. Without Jesus, comparatively, it's dunk. I said, this morning I can thank Jesus that my life is worth something. My life is worth something. All right, let me run quickly. Uh, uh, my second observation, my second observation, can you turn to John 1? John 1. So the first observation is with life, without Jesus, you don't have a life. All right, first observation. Second observation about life. First John 1 verse 4. First John. All right. You say, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Sorry, I said first John, John chapter 1. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got, I, John chapter 1 verse 4. All right. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The most important word for the purposes of this message, the most important word there is a second verse. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Second observation. Eternal life must mean something for Jesus. Eternal life meant light. For you, eternal life must mean something. You see, it's, it's not an accident that you were born again. It's not, you know, God, God, God was not just sitting down in heaven and just not feeling right. Or he was happy and he just decided to do something. No, there's a purpose for everything. There's a reason. The Bible says there's a purpose for everything under the sun, including you being born again. Including you having eternal life. So eternal life. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The life that is in you. What does it represent? I have a friend. Maybe not friend. Just an acquaintance. Many, many years ago. This guy. I can. I, I mean. I, I can almost. Uh. I can almost say that he's the smartest person I ever met in my life. Yeah, he's almost the smartest. The guy at the age of 19 got a first class degree at the age of 19. He graduated first class. You know what course? You said nuclear physics. How did you know that? Have I told you the story before? Okay. <laughs> age of 19. First class, nuclear physics. Yeah. <laughs> you said? Now, apart from getting the first class, this is why I said this guy is really about the smartest guy. There is almost nothing. In fact, in those days, what Google is now is what the guy was to us. I, I, I kid you not. I lie not to you. 
the guy knows every information. You go to him, you tell him in 19, uh, I mean, in, in 2400 ABC, what significant thing happened? He would read it out for you. Date, time, everything. Intelligent. Intelligent. I mean, the guy, if he was not a genius, he was bordering on being a genius. I asked my friend, I think you know the guy I'm talking about, right? Yeah, my wife knows the guy, so I'm not lying, sorry. So, I asked my friend recently, what is going on with this guy? Because in my mind, I was thinking that this guy would be somewhere doing some kind of, you know, maybe research, creating the world, recreating the world, or doing something. Because of how intelligent he was. And my friend told me, he said, man, that guy's a prayer point too. Is a prayer point. And I'm like, what do you mean by him being a prayer point? He told me that all that first class, all that nuclear physics has resulted in nothing. He is doing nothing. He has never walked for one day. He has never left home for one day. And the guy I'm talking about now should be like 46, 48, thereabout. Never. What happened? It is not just enough to get the certificate. But what you do with it is what is important. I'm only remembering him for the certificate. But he will have made more impact with what he did with the certificate. What are you doing with eternal life? Are you like my friend? Eternal life must mean something. It must translate into something. It must mean something. It must translate into something. It's not enough to just get the life and just sit down on it. It must mean something. It must mean something. Look at what Paul said. Paul, if you look at it from uh, Acts 22, from verse 13, was talking about the story how Jesus Christ, how he met Jesus Christ, and how Jesus Christ met him with the light that was brighter than the noonday. And Jesus Christ immediately told him, I have not come to you just for you to just have eternal life and just sit down on it. I have come to you for a reason. I've come to you for a reason. There is a reason why I came to you, why I called you, why you have eternal life. There's a reason. And Paul, at the end of the day, in verse 19, he said, Oh, King Agrippa, I am not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I'm telling you that there's a heavenly vision that comes with eternal life. If you have not found it, it's because you have not looked for it. The question that we should be asking ourselves when it comes to this is this. Uh, let, me, let me get that question. Now, you should be asking yourself this question. What is one thing that is remarkable in my life and I can trace as a product of eternal life? What is one thing remarkable in my life? Now, I'm not saying God just calls you to do one thing. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying there's something that has to be remarkable. There's something that has to be remarkable. Look for it. What is that remarkable thing that you can trace 
to the advent of eternal life in your life. That might just be what eternal life means. That might just be what eternal life means. And if you don't know it, maybe that will be an assignment for you to just go back home and just, uh, just, just ask God, pray about it, ruminate about it, and say, what is that remarkable thing that I can trace as a product of eternal life? What is that one thing? What is that one thing? When you have eternal life, it must awaken something deeply ingrained in you. Eternal life awakens something that is deeply ingrained in you. That's why Isaiah said, he said, arise and shine for your light has come. There's something that has come. And if you don't know that there's something that is there, it's because you have not arisen. You need to arise and see that there's something unique that eternal life, something remarkable, something distinguishing that eternal life brought to you that accompanied eternal life in your life. My third observation. Let's go back to John 10. 10. I may have trouble with some people here now. John 10. 10. All right, this part of John 10, 10, what I want to say, you may not like it. John 10, 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. In other words, if eternal life is in you, it must grow. It must increase. Eternal life is not static. It must grow. It must increase. Or in other words, you must increase in the availability of the eternal life that God has given you. What am I saying? Every time we see this scripture, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. We are not looking at us increasing the presence of eternal life in us. Instead, we have marginalized that scripture into material prosperity. That's not, what, that's not what that scripture is saying. That scripture has no bearing with material prosperity. Now, am I against material prosperity? No, I love money. I'm just saying. I love good things, but I want to put scriptures in perspective. All right? What that scripture is saying is this. I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. It just means that God, when he gave us eternal life, what he expects is that at every time, at every opportunity, we should be able to extend the frontiers of his life that we have access to. Are you breaking boundaries? Are you extending frontiers? Are you tearing down walls? 
Do you still have barriers and limitations? Because what abundant life is, look at what he said in John 4 verse 4, in, in John 1 verse 4. He said, in him was life and the life was a light of men. He said what? This light stepped into darkness and darkness cannot comprehend it. I am saying that the abundant life that you have inside you, nothing should be able to stop it. No power of darkness should be able to stop it. Why? Because it is something that should grow, that should increase, and it should help you to be able to extend the frontiers of what God has called you to. That's why a lot of times my, 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 my prayers and, and this thing is that no limitations. No limitations. I can't be confounded. I can't be limited. Not that I can't be limited financially. That's not what I'm talking about. I just cannot be limited because the life of God is present inside me. And that life, the Bible says, that darkness or the devil cannot comprehend it. Do you know what it means by he cannot comprehend it? He cannot understand it. What you don't understand, you cannot confront. Folks, I'm telling you, you are carrying something unique. You are carrying something unique and that makes you a unique individual. That makes you a unique individual. How, 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 how do you, how do you break these frontiers? How do you increase? How do you abound in abundant life? How do you increase? There are so many things I can give you, but because of time, I will not be able to do that. All right? I'll just, you know, try and look at one side and then we'll just go with that. And one of the areas, how you can expand or increase abundant life is by sharing this abundant life. Sharing your life. Sharing your life. Sharing your life. Too many times we're afraid to share our lives. I'm telling you, the crux of generosity starts with you being able to share your life with others. When you share your life, it is the equivalent of you sowing your life. And the Bible tells us, except a grain of wheat falls to the ground, it abides alone. If you abide alone, you can never increase in the things that abundant life has to offer you. You can never increase in the things that abundant life has to offer you. We need to start sharing our lives. We need to start sharing our lives. That's the only way to grow. Too many times we're afraid. We're afraid. We're afraid. We think that when we, when we share our life, we lose. No, but that is God's way to his life increasing and expanding in you. It is by sharing that to increase. You don't lose by sharing. You gain by sharing. Sharing our lives. You don't lose. You don't lose. You gain. You increase. You improve. Now, am I saying that when you share your life, 
things are not going to go, you know, the other way sometimes. No, that's not what I'm saying. Sometimes sharing your life is not easy. I know that one of the uh, one of the arguments that me and my boys have a lot of times is that you tell them to do this, I don't want to do it. You tell them to do this, I'm not interested. Do this, it's not it's not it's not me. All kinds of things. And what I have told them every time is that if life is all about what you want, then you are only going to live 10% of your life. Because most of the things we do in life are not things that we really want to do. Right? Most of them, they are not really what you want to do. There are many times, many of you, you know, there are so many people that are making six figures, big money at the place of work. You think that money is motivation enough to go to work in the morning, but that's not it. You have to drag yourself. Am I correct? I've been running for many years now. Many, many years I've been running. But, you see, somebody said, you know, you'll never find me running until something is pursuing me. But I already know what's pursuing me. You may not see it. You may not see it, but I know something is pursuing me. So I, ha- I have to run. I have to run. All right? Do I, do I wake up every morning and say, oh, today it is, oh, I like to run today. This is a good day. No. I have never got up one day and said, hey, I just want to run today. This is, this is the loveliest thing I want. No, I've never, it has never happened. To, I don't know about other people, but it's not. But I know something is pursuing me. All right, so I have to run for my dear life. So what I'm saying is this, is that so many things that we want to do, so many things that we want to do, I know the things that are really going to profit you. And the things, a lot of things that we don't want to do are the things that are much more profitable. So if you live your life alone on, you see, this is just, this is, this is my life. This is just all that, uh, this is all just this thing. I'm just a, I'm just a, 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 a quiet person. I'm just a, a introverted person. And then you are not reaching out and sharing your life. You remain introverted. All right? Only you introverted. All right? So what I'm saying is this, is that sharing your life, sometimes it's not easy. It's not every time that's easy, but it's something that you have to do to grow, to increase, to improve the life of God. For instance, the Bible tells us that the love of God is not something you can comprehend. The Bible calls it the incomprehensible love of God. And the Bible said, what does incomprehensible mean? Incomprehensible means you cannot understand it. Am I correct? Yeah. What is incomprehensible, you cannot understand it. The love of God that passes all understanding. So you cannot understand it. But however, in the beginning, what did he say? He said that you may know with the saints what is incomprehensible. That is, that, 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 that looks the same. He said you know, but at the same time he calls it incomprehensible. Do you understand? Are you following me? Am I? 
All right. He said that you may know with all the saints what is the incomprehensible or the depth, the height, and the, uh, and, the, and the width of the love of God that is incomprehensible. In other words, what is the Bible telling us? He said you can know it. It's incomprehensible, but you can know it. How will you know it? With the saints. With the saints. With the saints. In other words, the love of God is not something that you can understand academically. It's something that you can understand or know by experience. By sharing your life. That's when you really, really, really come to know the love of God that passes all understanding. In closing, in closing, uh, I have some volunteers there. Can I get my volunteers? Can I get my volunteers? I have, I have two volunteers. So I, said, I need two more or three more volunteers. Brother Greg, please come. Come, 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 come. I just want to do a demonstration for you guys. So I, I don't want this to be a hindrance. So just stay here, please. Just stay here. Just stay here. Uh, Brother Greg, for, for now, <laughs> Brother Greg, for now, just sit down here. Sit down here. Now, what I want to do, all right, full disclosure, what I want to do, somebody sent it to me, all right, and I just felt it was apt for this message. Brother Stefan has been a friend of mine. I mean, I mean, great friend of mine. So I know Brother Stefan. Hold this in. Come here. Come on, stay here. So I know Brother Stefan, all right? No, 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 put it, put it, put it like this. Thank you. Just hold it like that. Yeah. Now, this represents Brother Stefan's life. All right? Turn. Let everybody see what's there. You see that? What are you seeing there? A big fat zero, right? It's a big fat zero. If I, okay, that's what I say. <laughs> I did it this big so that everybody will, uh, can, can see. What, but it's a zero. Now, inside this zero, sometimes it might be empty, sometimes it's not empty. All right? For Brother Stefan, he's a strong man. So we'll put strong here. All right? He's a dependable and reliable man. We'll put it here. All right? Brother Stefan is a good guy. I know you. All right? We'll put good here. But until Brother Stefan meets Jesus, everything is zero. Show them. Everything here. Is zero. That's his life. That's, that's the amount of his life. It doesn't matter how good the thing is or how bad the thing is. Everything is a zero. All right? That's Brother Stefan. I'm sorry for you at this situation. All right. Okay. Uh, before Brother Adistin, my wife, come. Yes, yes. I, I, I want to give her the most powerful role here so that my. I can go home and then I'll know that there's a. Madam, come here. Is it? Take, hold it. My wife loves Jesus. She loves Jesus so much. And so today I'm giving her the honor to represent Jesus. Stay here. Immediately, Brother Stephon invited her. What happened? Value was added to his life. He was zero before. When Jesus came, 
No, don't put, no, I need it like this. I need it like this. All right. <laughs> don't put it, because if you put it like this, it means you don't want him to exist, but want him to exist. So, immediately, his zero has become 10. His zero has become 10. Immediately, he invited Jesus. Eternal life. Eternal life. You see what eternal life can do? Eternal life gives meaning and value to your life. And Brother Stephon began to love Jesus. He began to love Jesus and he found my friend here. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. He found my friend here. Please come here. Come, 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 come. Or can you help me move this thing back so that, you know, we'll be at the... All right, just come to the, come to the middle here. So immediately, immediately, Jesus came. He became 10. Guess what? Brother Stephon now found Brother Greg. And Brother Greg, no, don't go, Brother Greg. What are you doing? Hold this. Brother Greg has a what? A zero. But guess what happens? Brother Stephon got him. And immediately Brother Stephon got him. He did what? We have moved to a hundred. Progressive. All right? Now, even when you divide it, when you, when you divide it, Brother Greg, you know, Jesus is just there, he's just empowering them. So the 10 is actually his. All right? The 10 is just his. Because Jesus is just standing at the back there, encouraging them. So guess what happens? Brother Stephon was 10. But when Brother Stephon invited Brother Greg, guess what happens? Something increases. It multiplied. All right? So even if you divide it between the two of them now, instead of Brother Stephon having 10, he has 50. If you just break it in two. All right? I need one more, one more, one more, one more, one more, one more. One more, one more. One more person, one more person before I go. Oh. I want to be a Let me hold Jesus. I love Pastor Bank. Pastor Bank is my father. All right? Pastor Bank is very rich. There is empty. Pastor Grank is very generous. There is empty. Pastor Bank is very bold. There is empty. All right? So I know Pastor Banks, but before Jesus, all that thing was a what? Zero. <laughs> brother Greg and brother, brother Greg and brother Stefan, they already have a hundred. They decided to ask to get to reach out to Pastor Bank, and guess what? It increased again. Automatically, we have a thousand. All right, divided by the three of them. Divided by the three of them. Now, this one had 50 before. This one had 50. Now, you have a 1,000. Guess what they have now? 300 and this thing. You see how the thing is progressing? That is how eternal life progresses. When we reach out and we share our life. God bless you all.